Before I do anything else, I'm going to announce that Arely Biggers is going to come up. She is our family pastor, but also champion of the recent episode of Chopped on the Food Network. So we're really proud to have her preaching to us this morning. <laughs> My five minutes of fame. <laughs> They're over. Good morning. Buenos dias, I should say. Let's pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Amen. Well, my name is Areli, as Bernadette just said, and I'm the pastor of uh, Life Ministries here at the Vineyard. And today I'm going to walk you through the life of a man that is my savior, the Lord Jesus. And this microphone doesn't like me ever, ever, ever. Every time I have a chance to step into this scenario, I talk about Jesus. Because for me, it's always about Jesus, and it's only about Jesus. And this book, my favorite one, the Bible, talks all about him from beginning to end. All the other stories in the middle are just part of the main story, to get to know him, and even better, to experience him as a savior. So today, we're going to learn from him. But... Let me tell you a story. Many years ago, my husband Jeff and I had the opportunity to watch a movie back in the 90s. Um, we enjoyed it very much. It's called City Slickers. Anybody? Yes. In the movie, their main character, Mitch, played by Billy Crystal, is 39 years old. And he's going to a midlife crisis. And his friend and him decided to go to New Mexico on a cattle drive, if you remember. And they are under the supervision of a tough cowboy named Curly. Everything is going wrong, if you recall in the movie. Mitch comes and sees how tough the cowboy Curly is. And he's so relaxed and calm. And as he rides beside Curly, Curly asks Mitch, Hey, Mitch, do you know what the secret of life is? Mitch says, nope, what is it? Curly says, he holds one finger and says, it is one thing. One thing, one finger? Nope, one thing, and one thing only. And what is that? Well, that's for you to figure it out. What is the one thing in life that is important to you? Oh, well, thank you, but what is that? You need to figure it out. So today we are going to see how Jesus taught the disciples about the one thing that is important in life. And I hope that we can figure it out together. And we are, when we hold our finger, we know exactly what the one thing is. Jesus is in a certain place praying. And as he finished, one of his disciples asked him, Lord, can you teach us to pray? So let's read his answer and turn with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 2. Luke 
chapter 11, verse 2. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. See, prayer is connecting to the Father. Praying is this communication channel that we have. And in the kindergarten class, I use my hands to teach the children. And I say prayer is talking to God. And we do it again and again. And we say prayer is talking to God. And if you have a first grader or a kindergartner, you can ask them today to show you the moves of the simple way that we teach them what the communication channel is. Because prayer is talking to the Lord. And as we open this channel, we will experience what Jesus meant. Because the disciples asked him, how should we pray? And when God speaks to us through his word, a word that is alive and is active. And he speaks to us when we read the Bible. And he speaks to us in a Bible study. And as we memorize the scripture. And as we hear in God's word in prayer, when we speak and we say out loud back the scripture and say, In the morning, O Lord, I hear your voice. In your morning, O Lord, I come to you and present my request to you and wait in expectation. When we memorize the scripture and we pray our back to the Lord, it is a communication channel that we open so we stay in contact with him. And as we pray, we can hear the word. That's why you guys are here, because what? Faith by, comes by hearing. So we are here to hear the, the prayers to the Lord, the scripture. That's why we open the door again and again, because our vision is as a church to experience God's presence. And through the scripture, we experience that God presence as well. So Lord, don't let this be too complicated for you. You can pray to God and your prayers can be even silent because God loves your, knows your heart and your thoughts. Prayer can include journaling. Many of you like to journal. And some of them like to sing, not me. <laughs> I don't sing very well. And all these things come together to praise the one that created us. And it's a communication that we have with the Father and that Jesus modeled for us. So today we're going to explore what Jesus did and how he did it. We're going to see Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to the Father. Can you see a Trinity picture right there? He is filled with the Holy Spirit and he's talking to his Father. I cannot see a better picture than Trinity right there. We are going to see how he prayed. We are not born with the gift of praying. We have to learn how to do it. And I know that as I approach this subject today, we all come with different ways of looking at it. Some of you pray a lot. Some of you don't pray much. And I'm not here to make you feel uncomfortable. Not at all. I'm here to encourage you to get better at it if, if you are already doing it. 
or to start doing it if you have not started praying. And there are many, many ways to do it. And we are going to see how the Bible talks about prayer. And I'm just going to use Jesus. There are so many books out there that talk about prayer. But let's learn from the master, the one that inspired all these books. His name is Jesus, and he's pretty cool. And he said, never forget that God is, if you have a bulletin insert right there, never forget that God is our father. The first thing Jesus does is telling us God is our father. Some of us struggle to pray because we're thinking about praying. Let me give you an advice. If you want to learn how to pray, forget about praying and start thinking about God. Because if you're learning how to drive and you look at the windshield only, you are just not going to get too far, huh? It is the windshield that lets you go look through it to go and see where you're going. So if you're thinking about prayer, oh no, what am I going to say? You're going to forget that you're thinking about praising the one that the prayers go to. And that is God the Father. And Jesus said, God the Father. Boy, that really brought a revolution back in the day. Do you know why? Because this book has 20, uh, 39 books in the Old Testament. 39 of them. And only 14 times. That covers a lot of history in 39. Like a lot of history. And in 39, 39 books, only 14 times, the God was called a father. And it was in a national concept, the father of Israel. Never as a personal and individual way of looking at a father. And Jesus comes and he says 60 times, my father. And the religious leaders were like, what is he saying? It was so bad for them that he, want, he wanted dead. They wanted him dead because he was calling him the father, my father. But he didn't stop there. He even gave us an invitation and said, you can call him father. It's not me only. You can call him father. He is your father. And if you didn't have a good experience with your father, let me tell you that God the father is a father that will love you with everlasting love. With love that is beyond what you can imagine. His love is forever. You cannot make him more, love you more or less. He just loves you. He loves you with a perfect love, and he's ready to teach you how to love him back. Sometimes we don't know how to love him back because we don't have the concept of loving our father. Trust him and let him lead your life. And I know it doesn't come easy just for me telling you, okay, well, you just have to trust him and let him lead you, and, you know, it will just come easy. But try it. So as we remember that praying is talking to God and we practice it with better at trusting him, we can experience what Jesus meant. We hear about the one thing, but sometimes the one thing for us is something we worry about. It could be your job, your family, a spouse, a friendship. And the next month, it is something different. The one thing is not the father, it's not the job anymore because now you have a job. So now it's something else. So the one thing becomes a different thing and different thing and different thing. What Jesus modeled to us was I'm going to go to the Father again and again and again. And I'm going to pray to a God that has a name. 
In his name is holy. In his name is the almighty God of Israel. In his name is the I am. A God that will love you. That is sovereign. A father who loves his whole family. And he gave us an example and said, give us our day. I mean today, our daily bread. He asked for provision right there. He said, and forgive us our sins. The ones we just committed 24 hours ago. Or maybe this morning. We need to ask for that forgiveness. And he's ready to say, sure, I don't remember anymore. He asked us to do it again and again and again and every day. He said, let us forgive the ones that did something wrong to us. Boy, that's hard, huh? We can do all the other stuff, but uh, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forgive. He asked us, and he modeled for us that we need to forgive, and we need to forget what happened so we can go move on, and our heart starts getting better in healer, healing. So he models that for us, and he said, and let us not uh, be tempted, that put the temptations away, and I don't know what are yours. I need to come and say every morning, Lord, let me not say what I want to say sometimes. Let me not eat what I want to eat sometimes, because neither of them are good for me. But I have to acknowledge what those temptations are in your life. And you know exactly what they are. You don't say it out loud. It's not that time right now. But for me, let me not be rude to someone, because I very quick can really be rude very quick. It's just me. It only happened to me. So he asked us, to, be, to acknowledge that and to say it to the Father. Because when we just keep it in secret, then it powers in a way that your life could be like a prison if you don't say it out loud. So learn from him. Say thank you. Give me today what I need to eat. Help me with the wrongs that I have done. Let me forgive the ones that they have done wrong to me. And please don't let me be tempted. That is not really, really hard. He really make it easy for us. You don't have to do these kismos and these big words. It's just so easy. So let's continue to read this story. And he's going to give us a parable. And remember that a few months ago, we learned that a parable is a simple story to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. And then he gave us a principle. And we are going to read both today. So right there, Luke 11. Um, verse 5. Then teach them um, then teach them more about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight waiting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friends, friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. See, back in the day, people will travel on foot, long journey, no hotels. So people stay in a house of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that they knew. That they happened to be in the town they were going to visit. 
Only pastors do that <laughs> still right now. Oh, you know someone there? Okay, it's going to be free night. That is good. So the person that you come to visit that you didn't even know will have a cultural obligation to let you stay and to feed you. So that was pretty cool, huh? Well, that was the only thing and the only way that worked. In Jesus' illustration, what time is it? It is midnight. There is no electricity, people. Okay, so here they are in the dark, and he comes, and he's knocking on the door. And he said, don't bother me. Everybody's asleep. Back in the day, they would roll a mat in the middle of the room, and they will all sleep together right there. Only families with toddlers still do that. You know, not, nobody else does those things anymore. And then he's like, hello, uh, I need some bread. And he's like, why, why is that my problem? Well, you know, there is these people that they're a friend of a friend of a friend that I knew in college, and they're here at my house, and I have nothing to give them. And then he says, well, what do you want me to do? Now, what is it that you do? You go, you go to somebody's house, your friend, because it's what we do when we are desperate. We run to our friend's house when it's midnight, and we knock on the door, and now our problems are what? Their problems. So you just make it that easy. It is what it is. You come and just tell them your problems, and now it becomes their problem. And he said, what do you want me to do? I don't know, but do something, because I don't know what to do either. And he looks and he said, but my kids are sleeping. If you wake them up, it's going to be a nightmare, like in the nursery. You know, like everybody's just going to be running and crying, and it's going to be loud. So here is the bread and get out of my sight. That's what he did. What Jesus is not saying, people, is when you pray, you're like that rude person. He's not saying that. Totally the opposite. What the Lord is saying is even a ruthless neighbor, if he is persistent, is going to get what he needs. Can you imagine your heavenly father? What is he going to do if you keep this connection channel with him and communication with him again and again and again? If that person is going to get what he needs, you're going to get even more. So, Stay with the one thing that is important and be in connection with the Father. So he gave us this story, and then he gives us an application on how to do it. So let's see what he has to say on verse 9. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. He says that in order for us to put our prayer into action, remember that action is a verb, we need to do something. What is it that we need to do? We need to keep on asking, keep on seeking and keep on knocking. Jesus is telling us to see the same thing three times. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. What is he doing that? He's doing a repetition like a parent does. If you are saying, stop it, stop it now. I want you to stop it now. You are just want them to learn something. No? Well, he's saying those things. Keep on asking, stay connected, stay connected. Keep on seeking who? The Father, stay connected. Keep on knocking, knock on his door. Stay connected. He is telling us 
the way to do it. You didn't want to ask? No, well, then seek. Maybe you don't like to ask, but you would like to seek. Or maybe you like to knock because you like to use your hands. So he's given us a way to stay connected to the father, as a father does to their children, teaching them in a way that they are going to respond. And then he uh, is just telling us those things for us to stay connected. So today I want to tell you how I stay connected and how I did this communication channel in a way that is, is just like applicable to me and to the moment. See, uh, Bernadette said that this past week was a big week for me. Uh, for, for almost a year, I have been keeping this little secret. <laughs> and many, know, many of you know about it. Um, many of you know that I like to cook and it's my passion. And my passion for cooking has brought me to what I call food sports. You guys don't think it's a sport, but it is. <laughs> I call food sports of competitive cooking. For the ones that we are into it, it is a competitive cooking. It is a sport, believe it or not. I have entered and won many cooking contests, but this week, finally, we were able to watch the show Shopped on the Food Network channel. I couldn't be happier with the results. But when I started this, this journey of cooking, I asked the Lord to give me the opportunity to shine his name, his light, using this channel. I have gone to the DR and helped, you know, the program. Many of you have received a meal here and there when you've been sick or whatever. Uh, but I wanted it more. I wanted to do something that, that will shine his name, not mine, in this little that I know. He was going to take me to New York City and compete in the faith-based episode. And as I was praying about it, I was remembering about the one thing that Hebrews 2, 12, 2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I was asking him again and again, how could I let his light shine through me, that people would see him through me, because for me, that is the one thing. It's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. And it's only about Jesus. That's, that's me. So I went to this show, and I find myself next to this great, cute nun that it was funny and packed with a great smile. A priest that, to tell you the truth, didn't impress me much. I hope he doesn't listen online. He was disorganized and not just very energe energetic for my taste. And then there was a rabbi. Oh, boy. <laughs> this man was knowledgeable and packed with rules and regulations. He couldn't shake my hand because I am a woman. He couldn't eat this or that. He couldn't do this or that. And in our conversation... He will stop and start praying in the middle of the conversation. Okay. All right. So he wasn't impressing me. You know, I didn't like him very much. I hope he doesn't listen either. <laughs> and this was just only for the first 20 minutes of being there. The show has not even started yet. We were just waiting in the waiting room when all these things were going on. And I was like, oh, I really don't like this guy. And then I started thinking about the one thing about Jesus, and only Jesus. And then I closed my eyes, 
And I started seeing and picturing Jesus following the same rules at the same moment, praying the same prayer at the same moment of the day in the same language. And I started to change in my attitude because I remember stay focused on the one that is the perfecter of your faith. Not on this guy who is sitting next to you that is annoying you. And then he started to bless me. His prayers and his lifestyle and his devotion to what he lives started to bless me in a way that is beyond my understanding. So I changed my attitude towards him and I wanted to, see, to show him Jesus because he stopped before him. And for me, it was a way to say, I'm going to show you Jesus. And then I learned and I understood why I was there. Because my mission was to show him Jesus. I still didn't want it to win. <laughs> so as I was sitting there, and we were learning and waiting to the show, to, for the show to start, I changed my attitude. And then, boom, something happened. I remember Paul. I remember Paul's recipe for prayer. And if you think that the Bible is not a recipe book, I guess you're wrong. Turn to me to Colossians 4.2. As we are going to find Paul giving us a recipe and encouragement for prayer. Colossians 4.2. Ingredient number one. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. What is God's mysterious plans concerning Christ? The gospel, the good news, people. The one thing, Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ, the hope of the world. That is why I'm here in chains, Paul says. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Ingredient number two. Be wise. Make the most out of every opportunity. Preach the gospel at all times, St. Francis said, and use words if necessary. Let people see the one thing. What is the one thing, people? God in you, Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ, the hope of the world. Verse 6, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for Everyone. Ingredient number three, be graceful. Grace. The NIV version of the Bible says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So I, as I was listening to the rabbi and I started to change my attitude towards him, the peace that surpasses understanding came to me, and I wanted you to see the video. And I want you to not yet. And I want you to see Paul's recipe into action. See, many, many years ago, like probably 
I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, Jeff and I started praying to come into ministry. Well, like 12 years ago, believe it or not. What are we going to do? How are we going to change our lifestyle that have never been too extravagant? But we wanted to change it. We wanted to be debt-free. We wanted to not have to pay anything to anyone. So we will be free to come and say, how can we help you? With very little, almost nothing, believe me. And that was ingredient number one. So we started to devote ourselves to prayer. And as we came here, I started praying that the Lord will use this channel of my hands cooking. Because the, the Lord wants you to do something. Do the best you can. In the place you are now, with the gifts and abilities he gave you. He doesn't ask for anything else. The best you can right now with what he gave you. And he gave me the, the gift of cooking. So how am I going to use it? I want to show you the, the first video to show you how he did it. Let's see if we don't have technical difficulties like the other day. <clears throat> and then there's Pastor Aureli Biggers. I am the Family Life Pastor at the Vineyard Church in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. I feel like God gave me the gift of cooking, and that come very handy as I serve the community with food. We bring a meal to the one who is in need. Maybe they don't have a job. Maybe they lost a family member. Surprise! I know I'm going to wing chop because I've been cooking for over 20 years, and I have the desire and the fire to win. Ingredient number one, ingredient number one, devote yourself to prayer. He will give you the desires of your heart if you start connected to him. So here we are serving, and here we are using the gift of cooking. Keep it, you, you can keep them because we're going to go to the next one. Ingredient number two, be wise. Make the most out of every opportunity. Preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Let people see the one thing. What is the one thing? Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ, the hope of the world. Jesus gave us a commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with what? And also what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Even when my neighbor is two feet away from me, yes, Arely, even when he is two feet away from you, even when the neighbor, if I help him, he could win. Si, senorita, he said it in Spanish. So I didn't have any doubt that I needed to help my neighbor whether I like it or not because we are here to show God's grace. We're here to help one another, whether we believe what they believe or not. We have to be kind to one another. It's what the Lord asks us to do. So this man was packed with rules and regulations, but I had an opportunity to help him. So let's see video number two. So when you're cooking kosher, you can't mix dairy and meat. And this is why we've given him the option to have things like margarine in the pantry. I keep the highest level of kosher. And therefore, since the kitchen itself is not kosher, I do not taste any of my food. So I have to be creative. 
Can I ask you to taste this? Sure. There's no salt in it, just tell me. No salt. You taste good? But no salt. Good, thank you. Okay. Oh, it's spicy. I like it. I'd like to be a crazy man. Everybody's focused, everybody's working hard. The clock is ticking. I need a lot of flavor. So I throw in some paprika, some ginger, some turmeric. I'm very concerned that the rabbi put a lot of paprika and turmeric in the pot. I mean, a lot. Can you taste this for me again? Sorry. No problem, no problem. The salt is good. I became the official taster for rabbi. I will put a little more salt. A little more? All right. I know the pastor, Adeli, says you need salt, but I try not to oversalt my food, so I add a little bit. Ingredient number two, be wise. Make the best out of every opportunity you have to show Christ in you. Christ, the hope of the world. And be honest, never compromise the truth ever compromise the truth. He needed more salt, I told him. Put more salt in there. Even if that will make him his dish better. They didn't show all, all their things, but I had extra time. I finished before they did. So I helped him clean his plates as well. They were a mess, but they didn't show that part. Um, ingredient number three, grace. Help one another. Even if you disagree with what people believe, be kind, preach the gospel at all times, and use words if necessary. Let's see what happens. Because when you say the truth, it will come, whether you like it or not. The truth will set you free, says the scripture. So let's see what happened at the end. Finally, Rabbi Hanok. Shalom, esteemed tribunal. All this room. I have prepared for you a typical Friday night dinner, but it's usually used as a different type of fish. I figured I'd try with the salmon. The whole thing has a, a sort of wonderful homey stewed quality that I find delicious and juicy. Thank you. I'll buy you a cookbook. <laughs> it is warming, but it's more of a main course. Okay, fair enough. I'm not buying you a couple. <laughs> when I saw the arrangement of spices you had on your table, it's pretty darn balanced for what you put in. But the whole dish suffers from a lack of salt. Did she tell you there was enough salt? I said more. She said more, but I should have listened. I apologize. It's really, I have to say, very touching to see that kind of behavior here. I wish there was Competition more. Competition with love. There you go. What's fun? I loved what the judges said about you guys like working with each other because I think that is what we're about. That's what we do. You just show God's love in a practical way. Yeah. You guys did a great job, and I don't know what the outcome is, but I had fun with you. Uh, we'll see what happens here. In this case, it was funny to see the salt part. But the truth is, and my point is, that we want to show God's love in a practical way. That we are the people of the kingdom of God. So we have sometimes just one opportunity to show the kingdom of God alive and active in our lives. If that means to help the one and the one will get the victory, oh well. 
but you don't lose and don't miss the opportunity of show who you are in Christ before anything else. So we can show his love for people and the mystery of the gospel that Paul was talking about. The one thing that is Christ in me and in you. Christ, the hope of the world. So I want to finish my, by challenging you to do one thing. The thing that Jesus did. To stay connected to the Father. And follow the recipe that Paul gives us with the ingredient of prayer. And pray to God. Because prayer is talking to God. And then I want to put some action in my prayer by being wise and making the best out of every opportunity and preaching the gospel at all times and by showing grace. Let your conversation always be seasoned with salt. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So I'm going to invite the worship team and I want you to think about these three ingredients. And I want you to think about this channel of communication with the Lord. Prayer is talking to God. It is that simple. It is the beginning of a journey of your lifetime. Not the New York City. The connection to the Father that will take you beyond this lifetime. These funny parts will take you to heaven.